Lionesses attack. But I think yeah, I so still had too much inflection in mind. I think I still had too you, much you did. emotion so when I said I, that. I, I, Welcome to Ingenious Perspectives. Uh, we, um, we're coming today a little bit differently. We've been doing a lot of tips from our new executive director uh, slash intern, who is uh, letting us know that we need to start every episode introducing ourselves because we don't know where you guys are coming in. This could be your first episode. So I'm Dominic Speller, I'm one half of the amazing podcast Ingenious Perspectives. And I'm Lawrence McCarran, the uh, lesser of the two halves. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far at all. That's, I'll call that highly inaccurate. It's, uh, it's, it's vastly inaccurate as uh, you've carried us so far through this institution series. Today was going to be actually um, the last discussion about institutions on social institutions. But as we're doing our research and looking into a lot of stuff, we just we found that we we're kind of beating a dead horse on that one. Um, what do you got? Yeah, we were polishing the cannonball. Uh, they're, they're, they're knocking it out. Uh, you got Black Lives Matter out there in the streets. You got NAACP in the courtrooms. Uh, you got Urban League. Uh, you got the Divine Nine, you know, sculpting the youth. Uh, you have the the Masons, the Eastern Stars, you know, again, just doing everything they're supposed they're to be doing. doing. Yeah, right. They're, they're yeah. coming to the table. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I mean, we can, we can nitpick, but that would be... That wouldn't be, I, I don't think there'll be a lot of fruit there. Yeah, it's not really what, what we're here to do. The, the purpose of the institution's discussion was to um, brainstorm on ways that these institutions could contribute more to um, establishing equality. And, you know, those first three institutions we talked about, there's so much room for growth and for them to do more. But on social institutions, like you said, man, they're, I mean, they're killing it. And that's something, I think that's something to be proud of, right? Yeah. That, that Black Lives Matter, which is not even a decade old yet is doing so so much right they're doing so much and that the NAACP which we're talking about being founded almost 100 years ago right is still plugging and killing it and so you know I'm yeah I'm happy I'm happy I'm happy that this this particular discussion was you know kind of moot that they're they're out there doing everything they need to do yeah uh and so we kind of thought, thought back okay what are we going to do today uh one last night uh, we got some terrible, sad news. So we're going to talk about kind of something that's happening, and then we're going to freelance and just kind of jump on some stuff. But last night we got a, some bad news. Uh, the RBG uh, passed away with Better Games of Burger. Um, so obviously a huge loss to the legal world, to, to you know, America having a Supreme Court justice die. And then obviously the second question that comes up is what happens now? Well, um, there have been some Republican... Uh, Congress members who've already spoken up said that they don't believe that we should be, um, that they're not going to approve a new justice. Um, last I checked, the numbers weren't enough to stop it as of as of yet. Um, but there were already Republican uh, Congress members who were saying that, look, we, we did this literally four years ago. We had this exact situation. In an election year, we lost Judge or Justice Antonin Scalia. And so... Um, they stopped President Obama, then President Obama, from being able to put forth a nominee. It wouldn't approve anything. And we're talking about, I want to say February, for the loss of right. Justice Scalia. And now we're in September. We've literally got less than 60 days until the election. Um, and right, maybe, what, 120 till inauguration. So it doesn't make sense to try to start approving Right. If we can't do it from February to January, we have almost a full year. We certainly can't do it from September to January. So I think that's a good, not just not just from perspective of one party or the other. Um, a precedent was established in 2016. Right. right. And we're we're maintaining that precedent for better or for worse. Right. It could it, it could become a moot point because we don't know who wins. And it's not. So 2016 was very prominent because no matter who won we were looking at a different precedent. Absolutely. Right. So um, whether the Democrats or Republicans won, the person who was in office was going to be different. Um, and whether or not you fully agree or disagree with the choice, the logic, it made, you could see where it's going. It's, right. a, it's a logical train of thought. Here, um, you could still have the same person in office, right, come January. There could be, 
right? And it, it could be a moot point. So waiting out four months is not not that right. huge of a deal. And the thing that I, you know, folks don't really appreciate a lot of times is the fact that these you know these are four life positions, uh, and the amount of decisions that these Supreme Court justices can make and shape our nation is just so far reaching. So right. if we're talking about the difference between four months to have a uh, more stable court yeah. at our highest court in the land. If our, that's, if our president good. can serve a full term without a full cabinet, we can wait four months without a full Supreme Court. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, it's just that's what it is. We don't we don't have a full cabinet. We can deal with we can deal with eight. We'll live. Yeah, we'll live. It, it'll, it'll be fine. And, and if you look, if it, the recent decisions have been any guidance, like uh, the the court has been uh, kind of posturing itself uh, with these uneven decisions, but they've been. Uh, very uh, each 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 justice is pretty much scaling their vote. Right. Uh, so some of the times where there is something that should be, you know, a clear cut case, you know, they're coming out more even because they're kind of making statements with mm-hmm. their minority uh, positions. Yeah, one of the big ones, right, within the last what we're talking two three months was the. Uh, the decision they made about uh, Native American reservations oh, and God. the autonomy that exists within those reservations and their their separation from uh, the federal landscape and having to fall under the auspice of, of, of federal government laws and things of that nature. So that was huge. That's going to have far-reaching consequences for, for quite some time that we, we are nowhere near seeing the end of that. Now, I think we, we made a post about that on our, on our Facebook right. page about... Um, the importance of that decision and um, about about various perspectives from that. Right. I mean, you talking about? I think it was a eighty percent of state of Oklahoma, uh, something like that. Wow. It's that's. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. Wow. It's tremendous. Yeah. Huge downstream effects. Um, that's the heavy part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and and we get lighter from here. Yeah. Yeah. So. I had the pleasure the other day of rewatching an old anime classic. Okay. That I wanted to bring up and see what your thoughts are. Oh boy! Uh, obviously, I'm drawing if... drawing out this name as long as I possibly can. I don't even but... know if I would have seen it, but let's let's go. This is an anime classic movie. Uh, it's, it's it's one of the forefathers of all anime. Oh goodness! Now you're uh, you're you're setting up a build up to make yeah. it even worse if I haven't seen it. Yeah. So just that's what I'm doing let's here. Because the rest of this episode is probably going to be uh, Dominique naming a bunch of animes that I haven't seen. So I get to, I, I get to milk this experience a little oh, bit. Oh man, don't. Don't embarrass me too hard. But this is a Akira. Oh, I've seen that one. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah no, I've seen, seen Akira. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah I've seen so, Akira. Akira. Now, I'm not going to say that I've seen it more than once. I've only seen it once. Okay. And I don't remember it in detail, but, um, like, I remember it being one of the oldest animes that I've looked at with that kind of like shrieking light effect that you just like oh, yes. they're going fast like yes. you know oh they're going that fast <laughs> so. yeah the, the opening scenes for those who don't know uh so akira is i want to say it's a made in the uh, in the 70s but i'm not uh don't quote me on that exactly uh but it is all about uh to you know post-apocalyptic rebuild tokyo so this is tokyo survived world war three and then there's all hell is breaking loose with all these other things um, opening scene of it is uh, t- Tokyo roving uh, motorcycle kings going to battle, and what he's talking about a streak is yeah the the main character hops 1988. on his eighty eight eighty eight yeah I no no worries uh, but the main character hops on his souped up uh, motorcycle and they're flying through the streets at you know way too fast and it, it's all this it's awesome it's one of the greatest animes if you haven't seen it. Go out and if you're a fan of anime in any way, shape, or form, it's should, a classic. It is. Akira. It is. I don't like. I said I don't remember details, but I remember enjoying it. How's that? Like that's. I guess that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the musical. Like if you if you're uh, if you like the Ghost in the Shell, right? Akira is one of the founding inspirations for um, the Ghost in the Shell, Tokyo, the city that they. they and I'm gonna in. I'm gonna make a, a large leap because you said the musical. The music yeah. of it, right? And I'm gonna say that musical theater, right, is amazing. And I'm gonna segue that into Hamilton. Oh goodness! Have yeah. you seen Hamilton? No, no, I have not. 
This see this is this begins the the conversation where he right. presents something and well, I haven't seen. It. Then I don't know where to go next with this conversation because he is the A L E X A N D E R. We are meant to be. All right, all right. Whew, man, yeah, I haven't man. Seen it. It's on Disney Plus. He's uh, yeah, he's he's just like our country. He's young, scrappy, and hungry, and he's not throwing away his shot. It's too bad you didn't see it because you could have been in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. It's <laughs> <laughs> so. terrible. Speak, speaking of Disney Plus okay. items, or, or have you seen Mulan? Yeah. I didn't watch the new Mulan. Yeah. Um, I, so I kind of like I kind of want to watch it, but I kind of don't want to pay thirty dollars. I shouldn't even throw kind of. I don't want to pay thirty dollars to watch it. I don't want to pay thirty dollars to watch a movie that's going to be free in a couple months. True without Mushu and without Be A Man. So, so speaking I, of the okay. workouts, right? Uh, so our executive director um, slash intern shed some light on some things about the boycotts happening with that movie. I saw articles about them. I saw article titles yeah. about the boycotts surrounding Mulan, but was, uh, I don't know. I don't even know the right word for it. Go ahead, explain. Yeah, uh, so obviously... China's going through some different things right now. Hong Kong, the struggles of Hong Kong, the police state, and all those other things are happening. And Disney and Hong, you know, Disney being an international company is being very political in the way it's handling its relationship with China. And uh, instead of the act, you know, one of the actress, the actress selected, obviously she's obviously, but she's a she's a, she's a Chinese national, okay. and so she. Uh, was recorded saying some very not negative things about the Chinese government. Okay. Which, to the American audience, I think is maybe surprising. But so, so she had positive things to say about her government, her home country. Uh, what is the confusion? Yeah, and that's the confusion I think because we're, you know, coming from our, you know, American perspective of freedom of speech and all those other things. You know, looking at her speech, it seems as though she is supporting something that's not, you know, it's not something that most Americans believe in, oh, but she's so, not American. So you're saying she has a nationalist view, like all of America? Yeah. And Okay. And, all I, right. you know, I, I, my heart breaks for some of the folks in Hong Kong, but when you actually, like, listen to the folks on the ground in Hong Kong, it's the... The conversation that they're having is very similar to the conversation America's having with police brutality. There's a lot of folks out there who believe there's a problem, and there's a lot of people out there who are who believe exactly what what's happening is what should be happening. Well, other countries look at us and try to figure out how we, um, plenty of times over the course of American history, how we have done what we're doing. I think there was a quote from, uh, now I'm going to have to look it up, but if you listen to goodness, if you listen to the beginning of Jay-Z's Minority Report, right, he has a quote from a, a news anchor up there asking how can a country who couldn't get bottles of water to a major American city expect to win a war abroad? But there were plenty of Americans still like, yeah, I love America and we have a great government and we're going to fight this war and mission accomplished and blah, blah, blah. I mean, a, a, a nationalist view, I don't understand I don't understand how American citizens of all people could be confused. A country which was literally founded by treason and traitors. Yeah. How are we confused on nationalism? No, no, no. Yeah. You, you won't get any yeah. answers for that question. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get uh, it. But it's just, you can just clearly see there's a lot, of, a lot of raw emotions. And when you're on the outside looking in on something, a lot of times uh, the, black and, the, the black and white seem much clearer than the folks on the ground yeah i have to i have to definitely research more into that it, uh, uh, prima facie it doesn't seem to make any sense as to why people are upset but i'll, I'll definitely spend some time looking more into it and, and hopefully we can we can circle back around to that yes yeah. that's really really confusing to me especially when like i said the the last thing i just mentioned was hamilton and right in in hamilton they go into the fact that we right we left we were still British citizens, and then we're like, "No, nah, we're a little too big for y'all. We're just gonna, just gonna roll out now. This is this is ours now." <laughs> and it's just, 
really? Like, that's how it works? I guess we won, so we get to say what we want, but, you know, like, we just, we just rolled out. Yeah, I mean, as the journey to independence <laughs> is not one that, you know, is... You didn't have British folks standing up and going, yeah, look at America becoming, you know, a free country. That's fantastic. Exactly. At the time. Exactly. You know, it, it was, there's shades of gray to every story. We did it, we did it time and again. Hey, Monroe Doctrine, we don't think it's cool if you guys come and colonize the Caribbean. We want you guys to go back to your hemisphere. We appreciate it and thank you. Oh, Hawaii? No, we're going we're gonna to take that. Oh, Alaska? We're going to take that too. Yeah. Guam, Puerto Rico, Guantanamo Bay, Philippines, U.S. Virgin Islands. You don't talk about the Philippines a lot, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna take those. You guys, you don't colonize, we colonize. Okay, cool. I mean, I guess, I guess, I mean, I guess, cool. Took the Panama Canal, but we'll give it back. We'll give it back. We kept that promise. We gave it back. We did. But uh, yeah, yeah, we just uh, we just we just do what we want. Rose was like, hey, we kind of need that. Uh, that's not your yeah 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 I hear you I hear that's you. the I privilege that comes with being the big kid on the block I hear you but we gonna need that rolled up a dude on the corner I like them shoes bro that's a that's a nice strip of land you got right there I think I'm gonna build so, a canal <laughs> with these points like you bring up something that you know we we rolling into this levity episode and then I'm gonna bring in some deep stuff real quick. okay all right uh, is there a mutual exclusion? In both being a patriot and calling out your nation for wrongdoing. No, there's two separate sentences. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how, see how they sound different? Yeah, it's two separate sentences. There's a word that says patriot. I love my country. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will call myself a patriot in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Usually don't call myself in a room full of patriots and say I'm one of these people. Right. But, okay, uh, fair. Uh, but, yeah, I simultaneously love my country. And secondly, I will, I will say... Hey, it's jacked up what we did to the Japanese in World War Two. Okay. It's jacked up what we have done to the black communities from the beginning of a, our nation. Yeah, I think like I think it's too too um Yeah. I think it's two separate statements. Um I wanna say uh let me I'm I'm looking it up now. I'm pretty sure it was uh Stephen Decatur. Um so yeah, got the full quote. Stephen Decatur, our country, in her intercourse with foreign nations, may she always be right. But our country, right or wrong. Okay. Like, I mean, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes America's wrong, but I'm I'm still an American citizen. Uh still an American. And uh I still love her. I mean she she messes up from time to time, but I, I love her, right? You know, it's it's my America. It's my, it's my America. Just always, yeah. <laughs> just always doing something silly. That's my America. Yep, yep. <laughs> just, just, just always doing something. I love you, though, girl. I love you. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, I think I I agree with you that they're they're mutually exclusive statements. I um I'm not going to right try to chastise people who don't um see that the statements are mutually exclusive. Right, it's not my place. I, I do though believe that they are mutually exclusive. You can't. Um, I don't know that you can actually love something without being able to identify its flaws. That's if you think something is perfect and that's why you love it. That's an obsession. It's not really love. So at the point where you can identify the flaws associated with something and then go past that to the point where you're like, okay, but this is still what I want, right? This is still the thing that I desire. That's love. That that's not obsession anymore, so. right? Because that information is critical, right? Right. Patriot patriotism without accepting the flaws of America is obsession with America. Like you're America, you're America stalker. <laughs> you're yeah, not. You're America stalker, and <laughs> you got you got a shrine in your room in the, in your closet dedicated to America. <laughs> and it, it, it goes a step further because you're going to be mad when you find out what America really that America is not what you think it is. Yeah. Right. Right. But you, it's also a denial of reality. Right. It's 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 not just you're going to be mad when you find out you're going to be mad when you're forced to accept it because it's so bluntly in your face that you can't look away because it's not that it's not that people who, uh, you know, don't believe America's wrong, don't see it, but they create a justification for it every time. Right. That's that's the difference. You're in, in your obsession. You create a justification for the flaws 
um, even though you see them, you don't see them as flaws. You see them as, all right, well, there's a reason that we had to bomb these two cities out of existence, right? There's a reason that we participated in foreign wars that had nothing to do with us. There's a reason that we have colonized these places, even though we said you shouldn't colonize. There's a reason that we claim manifest destiny to take land, right, that we said was God given to us, but we chastise other nations for using religion as an excuse to claim land, right? And so you just look past it and you create excuses for it, but eventually, there comes this incident that you can't look past that you can't for which you can't create that excuse. And then you're forced to look into the face of the flaw. And after that, do you hate America? Do you say America is not what I thought it was? And now I don't know if I can really love America the way I used to. Or do you accept that countries make mistakes, that people are still human, that we're a grouping of 333 million flawed people trying to make a working country and mistakes are going to happen. And, that, and that's that's the flaw of teaching the perfect America image to kids because what you'll see is a lot of kids they have this perfect America image they taught in grade school and they get to college and then the, they open the real book, the real history book and they go, mm. what? Well, I didn't know about any of this stuff. I think it's less that they're taught a perfect America and more that they're not taught an imperfect America. That's, that's when fair. We're, when we're yes. in school, we don't really associate, we're, we're not really taught good or bad in association with the things that occur. We're taught facts. When you're, I mean, if you think about history, when you're in elementary school, middle school, high school, you're not really doing a whole lot of discussion, maybe a little bit in high school, but through that early part, you're not doing a whole lot of discussion on should America have done this it's well what years were world war one all right and what was the name of the treaty that ended world war one and why do we have veterans day and what is the historical origin of memorial day right and we talk about things like that but you don't really talk about all right well what were america's options outside of bombing um hiroshima and nagasaki that could have possibly ended the war um what do you think are some of the catalysts that drove us into the war. Yeah, you don't get to looking, the higher discussion. Right, looking back at George Washington advising us against foreign entanglements and then looking at how foreign entanglements created both World War One and World War Two, how do you think we can adjust from that in the future to prevent World War Three? Right? We don't have those discussions. It's just what year, who was involved, where was it, blah, blah, blah. So then by the time you actually get to a point, so I, I don't think it's that you're taught that America's perfect. You're just never taught that it's imperfect. You're never taught that it's flawed. You just look at it as a grouping of facts. Yeah. And if you're looking at it as a grouping of facts and never conceptualizing it as being flawed, then when you find out it is, it's still this, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, wait, we were wrong for that? Yeah. I thought that just happened. Like, we, that, was, that was bad? It could be. I mean, there are perspectives that are outside of saying it was good. You explore and figure out where you fall out on it. But yeah. There, there are other perspectives. So, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it works. I'm just a... I mean, I'm just just a citizen, right? I'm just another American citizen. I can't... I mean, our country is old, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like just, just in my 30s, so I can't say... I can't say I'm an expert. Like, being an American citizen, like... I don't know if people have value on that. On being a citizen yeah. in America, civic duty, those type of things, you know. No, people often try to avoid civic duty. It's just like, all right, think about think about civic duty, like saluting the flag um, at colors in the morning. What do you see people doing when they look at their watch and realize it's seven fifty nine? Oh, if you hear that uh, five minute warning, your mm-hmm. mind is not making making you a way are, to that. You are finding a building. Yes. You are escaping a hangar bay. You are doing whatever you can to make sure that you are not stuck saluting or jury duty right and that's the right that's what i'm saying that's the civic duty half of it so you see it in the military all the time yeah now i'm not saying it's a duty to salute the flag but it should be considered an honor right that you're protecting this flag and you're able to stand out in uniform saluting the flag that you stand for every day day in and day out right that's your job to uphold the ideals that are represented by the flag right the flag itself is not what's important yeah it's what it represents and you, as a military member, have volunteered because we don't have, we haven't had a draft 
right, in a while. Right. So you as a volunteer in the U.S. military have chosen to stand up and uphold those ideals. So the opportunity to salute a flag is an opportunity to pay respect to what that flag represents, but you run away. And that same thing with the civic duties. Are people trying to find ways to get out of jury duty yeah, all the time. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I think it's where the rubber meets the road, what are you doing? And then for the guys who are high, diving into the hangar bay to get out of, you know, standing for two minutes with their arm up. And hangar bay won't, won't help them escape. You salute in the hangar bay. Okay. I know you're That's on the cell. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Not your fault. Not yeah. your fault. So you're yeah. diving <laughs> into the building or you're, you know, writing that letter to the, you know, to your um, whoever the folks that send jury duty requests are to say, oh, I can't do it because I'm military or I can't do it because of X, Y, and or Z. Like, you're doing it because you're just trying to get out of the, the burden of calling it out of work or showing up this thing. What are some other, like, I guess that, what are some other civic duties you think that um, people are trying to escape, right? I, I guess what are our civic duties, I guess, is that other question. That's a good question. So, <laughs> I mean, there's the obvious, there's jury duty. Right. Would you call voting a civic duty? Or would you call that a privilege? I think it is a privilege. So, and uh, it's a weird privilege, though. Okay. Because it's a privilege that you have, I I think you have somewhat of a duty to participate if you do your due diligence. I don't don't know. I guess I would think of it, I kind of think of it as a duty, you know? I think it's. I think it's a requirement because because this person is representing you, you know, on whatever level of of, sure. of government that you're voting. They're representing your interests, and it's not. I guess to to me, it's not just a privilege to be able to express your opinion on whether or not they are accurately representing your interests by continuing to vote for them or voting for the other opponent it's it's your job it's a it's like a required feedback it's i think i think you should do it i think it's your duty i could be wrong i could be overly patriotic in that right in that opinion so i think it's your duty so my caveat to that is only that the entirety of the thing is your duty so you are i think it is your civic duty to research you know who is on the ballot mm-hmm. and to make the best decision okay if you do not do that first thing you shouldn't do that last thing okay so i get what you're i get what you're saying it's a okay i, I see i think i see where you're going that in that it, it may be a duty but you shouldn't be allowed to fulfill that duty uninformed yeah now i i I wouldn't say, say it allowed should be allowed. Person. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, you should. You just shouldn't do it. Yeah, you shouldn't just walk in there, having only seen a couple signs in a couple yards in a, okay. a week behind campaign commercial, and think you can make it. That so that brings up an interesting point. We were talking earlier about the reactors critical Facebook page. Big Ooh. shout out to uh, Nuclear Power. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Nuke Power. Yeah. <laughs> that was so corny oh, that they man. made us do that. Oh man, but yeah, we did think we were so cool in A school. All right, anyway, so the Reactor Critical Facebook page um, has a uh, running joke during this election year about Rickover um, for president. Um, He is obviously not able to run for president uh, because he's a couple technicalities. Right, just a few, just a few. Um, So, but one of the things they they joke about is that if Rickover was president, he would institute continuous training exams for. The members of Congress, and that brings up an interesting point. Uh, perhaps at the next presidential primary, we get a Jeopardy-style board up, and they have to write the three levels and three branches of government on this Jeopardy-style board, and all the answers are revealed simultaneously. Anybody with incorrect answers is automatically thrown out the primary. And as we continue through primaries, the questions about government get more and more difficult. That way. We can eliminate primary candidates just because they don't even know about the job they're going into. Yeah, I mean, and you'd end up with the most boring, uh, you know, primary and well, general election, well, which saying, is great. I'm just saying it as an opening question. They can still have the normal debate. But before we start our debates, we've got the opening question. You'll be thrown off stage immediately if you answer wrong. And then we'll go into the debates with whoever's left. Yeah, I mean, I, 
<laughs> I, I mean, I just for a long time. So, you know, to get on to the ballot in a, in a state on a state's ballot, you just go, you fill out some paperwork, make sure you meet the requirements and things like that. And for the longest time, I thought that like I think each state should come up with a a test that the you know the candidate has to pass. You got to go to some qualified testing center, sit down on a piece of paper, fill in a multiple choice. A question. I'll be generous. This will be multiple choice, not free free response. Well, and, that, you know, I think that would leave a bad taste in people's mouth just because of the uh, previous use of yeah. use yeah. of tests for preventing people from voting, um, mainly black people from being able to vote by you know creating all these yeah, extra voting requirements. But yeah, I just. I want the person representing me to at least know how government works. I'm not asking you to know who the first president was. I mean, I guess everybody knows know that, that. But I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to know Random who tidbits. wrote the national anthem. I'm not asking you to tell me through which war he wrote it. Uh, war of 1812, by the way. Uh, Francis Scott Key. Um, but what I am asking you is to be able to tell me that we have an executive, a judicial, and a legislative branch. I'm asking you to be able to tell me that we have right local, state, and national governments. Right. That's. Yeah. I'm asking you to be able to tell me that the leader of the state executive branch is the governor. Right. That, yeah. That's it. That's all I want. That's like that. Come on. Like, yeah. This, just, the, just the basics. How yeah. many amendments do we have in the Constitution? Right. These are these are things that I feel like if you're going to be the president of the United States, you should know. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a bunch of random little tidbits that I would love to to have, like things like general, uh, you know, have a general election for random questions that the president should have to answer. Yeah. Like, hey, if if on this national website you have a, a million people want to know the answer to this one question, you have to provide an answer to it. <laughs> you know, uh, there's no wiggle room. There's no nothing. If everyone wants to know, hey, does the president, you know, some, something silly, hey, does the president have knowledge of extraterrestrials? He has to say, no, I do not. You know, like, you know, on this thing. Or, I don't know. Or I yes. Don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I believe, I believe that governing a country is similar to being a parent. If you get fired today from your job, you don't come home and tell your kids, hey, look, daddy's broke. All right. Yeah. I just got fired. <laughs> I don't know where your next meal is coming from. I don't know how we're going to get you new diapers. Daddy is broke, period, done. You thought you was going to have dinner tonight. I'm going to need you to cut back. We're having dinner every other night because I ain't got it. All right. Yeah. You have a certain responsibility. Tell your kids to get on Facebook, start going through mommy's <laughs> friends list and figure out who's new step going to Right. <laughs> you have a certain responsibility to not incite fear. Sure. And as a parent, you tell your kids things that they need to know. You don't tell them things they don't need to know, right? We can argue back and forth on which what falls into what category. But we, I think most people agree that there are things that fall into the they don't need to know this category. I feel the same way about my president. Look, man, that's not my job. I didn't volunteer to run the country. Very I didn't true, volunteer yeah. to be a congressman. You handle that stress. Don't put that on me. Don't come to me talking to me about, oh, we got extraterrestrials. I'm not sure what we're doing at Roswell because we had somebody locked up, but I think he might escape. It's looking like he's breaking <laughs> through his chains, yeah. and I'm not 100% sure that the bindings if, we have yeah. are going to hold up through the end of the week. Uh, what? No, yeah, don't if, tell if me the, that. The president, <laughs> if the president got a text message from our alien overlords that, hey, next Wednesday, they're going to blow the earth up because they got to make a way for our internal galactic highway. Right. Sorry, our bad. Figure it out. Yeah, I don't need that. No, I but. did not sign up for this job. Therefore, I did not sign up for the stress of this job. You handle that. Like that's on you, bro. <laughs> you can. I don't and that's want why it. We pick them. We, are, we, we that, and that's the going back to the civic duty. That's why you have to do your research because I think, and I may be out to lunch here on what the uh, conclusions of this research would have been, but I I think that if folks did their research. Our state representatives will be a little better. Our governors will be a little better. Our congressional leaders will be a little better. Everything, at every layer of governance, we'd have just a little bit better folks out there, yeah. and we wouldn't have ridiculous individuals in high office. Just saying. But maybe I'm wrong. Just saying crazy stuff. I can't. I gotta look it up now. The, the congressman who said in in 2012 you can't get pregnant from real rape, like that's wild. What? Or the other congressman that said Guam, Guam is gonna flip over because we put a, a base on it, like 
what kind of stuff is this? That we, we had a use? we had a congressman walk into session with a snowball, like global warming. But look at this snowball, bro. You are a national congressman, and you just grabbed a snowball to refute global I hope, warming. So I wish that their staff worked at a different. <laughs> For, they weren't selected by the Congress people. If there was like a, a chief of staff somewhere that ran all the congressional office staff, and they just was like, they just came out and said, obviously we failed to provide this congressman with information. You're all fired. You just gave me a beautiful idea, right? <laughs> all right, so go with me here. We get 100 political aides and 435 political aides, and we have a draft lottery, and each congressman through the draft lottery chooses their political aides we have a political aid draft so your your campaign manager like hey you you ended up 400th in the draft so i'm sorry like your campaign manager might not be that great (laughs) (laughs) a political staff draft yo it'd be on espn Uh, uh, we have congressman mitch mcconnell who's traded up and uh he'll now be selecting second (laughs) (laughs) He deferred his. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, he traded for a first round pick this year in order to uh, take a second round pick next year, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that turns out for him. And that's like the, I, I would love to have that kind of visibility on the willing and dealing aid. Oh yeah, we get because look at all the research they do in the in the athletes before they get drafted. Yeah. Like, why don't we have that for congressmen? Like, why don't we have that for elections? These people know what this kid's batting average was when he was five years old playing yeah. in Little League, but you can't tell me my congressman's voting history? Like, what are we talking about right like, now? I want to see the debate on stage where, like, they don't, they, they sort of just mute the normal audience, and then you have, like, a commentator on the side. Right. He's just, just rattling off random, random throwing, things. Throwing out stats. All right, we got a congressman here. Uh, he's a Harvard Law. Graduate, uh, actually taught at Harvard Law for a long time. This is the passage rate that we have for his bar students. And like, come on, man, yeah, I want, I want all that. I want it all. I want all the stats. I want all the stats. I want to know how he voted when he was a, a junior congressman at the state level. I want it all. I mean, yeah. you can pull up these crazy stats. You're telling me it's some kid's GPA, but you can't tell me how this dude voted in the last major vote? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, make any sense to me. I don't accept I just, it. I don't accept it. I want to hear the announcers this this tee up the question oh, uh, you know, and they're asking him a question about uh, job creation let's see how he does and but here's the, wrong I, here's the, here's he, the real question the ball here. <laughs> are, we, are we talking golf commentators about it are we talking like basketball football commentators can we cheer up the crowd if you're answering a question can I like hype the crowd up <laughs> to like yell over you I so you it. have to talk up more to try to answer the question like can I have people in front of you like at the free throw bouncing <laughs> Yeah. Like try to distract you from being able to answer the question. That's I want, what I want, I want to know. The bas- I want, as you know, I want all three. Because right. I, I want to be able to see and shoot. Sometimes, sometimes I want C spin. Okay. Sometimes I just want. Okay. And now we have. Oh, you uh, want to hear him sipping the tea? Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, we're here we lining up with a uh, local congressman. This is his first time on the ballot. Um, if you look here, we have uh, pulled up to the side a lot of his voting history, uh, some of his known associates. Uh, you can see here that he's got a lot of connections in the federal government right now. So we think that's going to be good for him. Yeah, I want that <laughs> spectrum and then the other whole side of it. I want he's, he's teaming up. You got to hate to see a rookie do this. <laughs> you hate to see a rookie do this. All right, we're, we're just hoping he does it. Oh, no, he said it. He said it. Yep. <laughs> he called himself the law and order president. That's a rookie oh, move. No. He can't recover from this. He cannot recover. Yeah, that would just be everything we need right oh, there. Oh man! But we don't get that. We no, get we the don't political get analyst we don't garbage before we even digest what the new policy is. They're already telling me what the the campaign manager is worried about every time. We got a TikTok executive order, and before the damn ink is dried, <laughs> we're going to tell us how that's going to affect the election. Hey, like, hey, look, look, you say what you want about my mans. My mans pulled all the big guns out. Four or five said, oh, you going to come at me like that? You going to come at me like that? Do you know who I am? I'm the president of the United yeah. States. I will shut your whole crap down. Sell and it off. he did it. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you can't shut down TikTok. I can't shut down TikTok. No, you can't shut down TikTok. I can't shut down TikTok. I can't shut down TikTok. So here it is. <laughs> this is it is the nineteenth of September, twenty twenty. So we're talking. That's what we're recording. So tomorrow is supposed to be the end of downloads yeah. for yeah. TikToks. So there shall be no downloads 
on the phone for TikToks past tomorrow. Yeah. Let's see what happens. I I, I thought I saw the the Microsoft sale started when when they originally started bringing up the Microsoft sale. I knew that wasn't going to happen because what do you we, what do you think they're going to entertain the first option and China's going to bow out to to international pressure? No, <laughs> no, no, no. we're not going to do that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what's going to happen next. I mean, what do you like? What are you thinking is going to happen? They're just going to shut it down and walk away from it, but, or what? I don't know. I don't know what people are going to do. I, I, I got I got no clue. I don't yeah. use TikTok. I don't even know what the purpose of TikTok. I don't understand the purpose of so much social media anyway. Like, all right, so you got Twitter. You got Instagram. You got Facebook. You got yeah. TikTok. You got Snapchat. Yeah. You got, what else? Is that it? Is that everything? There's more. Okay. So what can any of those... Other, outside of Facebook, what can any of those apps do that I can't do on Facebook? Oh, I post pictures on Instagram, post pictures on Facebook. It's all oh, about... Oh, I like tweet my status on Twitter. I, I can tweet a status on Facebook. It's all about uh, the algorithms. That's what separates, uh, you know, platform to platform. Okay, so what you're basically telling me is, oh, I want to have, right, 15 different devices in my house to do this thing when I can have one device that does it all. Like, why am I on all this different social media? It's so Why am I using it? Talking to our, uh, you know, executive director, she right. illuminated some things about TikTok. Okay, all right. Not on I'm TikTok, listening. but uh, what she said is the the way it groups the things you like. So as you as you're scrolling through your feed, right? Because you know the Facebook algorithm, you hit like on a couple people's thing, and you'll see the same five people over and over again every activity. You mean the Pandora and Spotify and every exactly? Okay, the whole internet so, algorithm. Right, but. You know when you listen to Pandora, the preferred list that it'll give you is different from how Spotify will give you some stuff. It'll yeah, look, I'm, not, I'm not a fan better. of the fact that I created a John Legend radio station and Pandora was like, oh, you'll also like Adele. No, I won't. Exactly. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pandora did that to me all the time. It, it, I would go to listen to, uh, I can't remember who at the time because I stopped listening to Pandora because it did this stuff right. to me, but it would group people that are just wildly and similar and spotify is way better so i went to spotify okay but that's the same thing for the tiktok like snapchat has the same feature where it's these short videos whatever live videos and etc but i guess the algorithm they have is phenomenal for the people who use it that's what so, they say so do we only have tiktok because vine no longer exists because didn't that what they did on vine like six second videos and stuff i think it is like vine and uh what's the other thing you do it for well i guess it was vine yeah i don't know i don't know I mean, they live and die, so... I don't understand it. I don't yeah. understand the necessity to have all of it. It seems like everything you can do on all those different apps, I can do on my one app with Facebook. But it's also... Because remember, you had... What, what came first? You had MySpace. I mean, I did have MySpace first. And now you have Facebook. Right. But how did you have both of them? You you navigated because of what? Because I had the same... I can tell you why I have Facebook. It's a, it's a very funny story as to how I have Facebook. All right, so I'm in college. Okay. And I was so... This would have been February of 05, right? Um, tutoring this girl, um, she needed some help with one of her math courses, so I was doing some tutoring. We took a break, and she asked me some random personal questions, and I was like, all right, well, she's just trying to get to know her tutor. Next thing I know, she's like, oh, yeah, you have a Facebook account. So I have a what account? You're on Facebook now. Facebook, like, you had to have... You had to be a college student. You had to have yeah, a, a yeah, school yeah. email. At uh, EDU. Right, or yeah, at yeah. whatever. E so, EDU email. Yeah, yeah. And that's what... So then I ended up with a Facebook. She's like, yeah, this is your... login with your school email. This is your password. You have a Facebook now. Um, make sure you put up, like, a picture and, and whatever. Over, could you put pictures? I don't know. Whatever she told yeah. me at that time. But, yeah, that's why I have a Facebook. Not because I felt that Facebook was this necessary thing to have, but because... The girl I was tutoring decided that it was apropos for me to have Facebook. So what made you use Facebook versus MySpace? Because more people started using Facebook than MySpace. So it was the and audience. Was, right. So it was easy. So more the people, uh, as you, as we talked about, you had to have a school email, right? So you're talking about more the people who were graduating with me starting to use Facebook over MySpace. And so it was a better way to stay in contact with those people. Yeah, and so, I think that's the main yeah. thing for the kids in TikTok is that their demographic, their audience, that's where they're at. They're not, majority of them aren't. They're not in the vine. They're not doing vines so, anymore. So what you're saying is that the generation after me would rather have 17 different tools to do the same, to do no, the thing that one tool, tool could do. They're picking a different tool. They're not on Facebook. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They, they use seven, so they're using Twitter and Instagram and TikTok 
and all these different things because they're not using the thing that does it all. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a start, but I don't accept that. The functionality is is, is uh, lesser. Well, it's tailored from because you know my your experience on Instagram is different from your experience on Facebook, even though Facebook has the picture thing. It's able to do everything that Instagram does. Even though when you post something to Instagram, you can literally click. Yeah. Post also to Facebook. I mean, it's the same so it's the same stuff. Right. So it's the exact same things. Yeah, but people like the, they like the interface. Okay, cool. cool they cool. like the Instagram. Yeah, I guess um, yeah. not those people. Yeah. You know, God, I'm on. I feel like I'm on the hot seat. You know, <laughs> <laughs> defend it. Defend, defend it. it. <laughs> no, Tell me why. It, Tell me why. All right, cool. I, I I'm I'm curious to see what happens because uh, this is unprecedented. A president, a government, specifically calling out one company based on foreign ownership and saying, hey. "Figure it out." Hey, say what you want. Uh, four or five said he was gonna do it, and he did it. All right, that's uh, that's probably better than a lot of things that other presidents have said and promised in the past. Four or five said, "I am going to get rid of TikTok." Yeah. Nobody believed him, and he got rid of TikTok. And it's, so, so what do you think motivated this? I don't even. I don't know. I really don't care. I think he's just petty. But yeah. I mean. When you're the most powerful, I don't understand why you would poke and prod. We have known that um, four or five is petty from the beginning. Yeah. From sixteen, when he was saying stuff about Hillary. All right. So we have known that he's petty for a long time. All right. Why do you poke and prod that man? Leave that man alone. Because he's petty. Leave that man alone. You know, people like poke, you just they poke exactly. For you're just looking for. But do you poke a bear for real? He's the president. Whether you like him, agree with him or not, he is still the president of the U.S. Not saying to respect the position, but I'm saying he has a lot of power. That's what I'm saying. The man is powerful. You're talking to Americans. True. Touche. This nation full of parents. Touche. We're young, scrappy, and hungry. Yes. We're not throwing away our shot. I feel like this. I'm gonna get a scholarship to King's College. Hey, Hamilton's a great play, man. You yeah. Need to, you need to watch it. My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> so, full disclosure here is I have, I have seen very few plays. I, I'm cultured in ways that is not one of them. How does a bastard, orphan, son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten <laughs> spot in the Caribbean? Have you ever seen this? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so, yo, the number of times that uh, freaking Leslie Odom, he's the Leslie Odom, I think, Jr. He's the actor who plays Aaron Burr. The number of times that he referenced in that play that Alexander Hamilton was the son of a whore was just it was it was unnecessary at a certain point. It was almost every opening when Aaron Burr comes out, yeah, uh, Burr, I'd really like to talk to you about the Constitution. You're a whore, son. Oh, okay. Uh, I was, all right, I mean, that's that's cool, dog, but I was I was hoping you could help me defend um, the Constitution. Defend the fact that your mother's a whore. Oh, I, I, all right, dog. All right, well, you know what? Um, it, was, it, was good talk, it was good talking to you, too. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that. And that like that was the whole play. Every time Airbird came <laughs> out, what, what? How he get to be George Washington's right hand man? His mama's a whore. It's like, oh, okay. How did he get to marry one of Philip Schuyler's daughters? His mama's a whore. All, all right, all right. Why is he on the cabinet? His mother's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Okay, Aaron Burr. Like I see, I see that matters to you. It's very, it's very important. Appointed, to you. yeah. Discussion. <laughs> he was not there happy. Seems, there seems to be some uh, some interest. There. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with that that apparent fact. So yeah. So yeah. something I did watch. Okay. Uh, was not Alexander Hamilton, but okay. It was Continue. Not Lion King. The live action Lion King? Yeah, I the, watched the new one. The now. thank goodness Beyonce didn't get any more lines than she had Lion King? Yeah. Can you even imitate way. the lack of emotion and poor voice acting that she provided in that? Like, you could try to imitate it. Lionesses attack. But I think yeah, I so still had too much inflection in mind. I think I still had too you, much you in, did. emotion so when I said I, that. I think it's not her fault. 
Let me see if I can do this. Let me let me do the lioness's attack. All right, no, nah, I, I still don't think that was it. I still think that was it wasn't too, her fault. That was too much love in that. There was no need for her to say that line at all. I laugh in the face of danger. Ha 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 ha. I still think mine was more emotional than hers. I still think I'm better. I still think I did a better job. All right, the beehive is gonna destroy our <laughs> Yo, podcast. Yo, beehive. <laughs> the beehive. Is, oh no, you're right. They're gonna outlaw our podcast. Jay Z's goons are gonna be outside of our houses. We're gonna stuff. get canceled. <laughs> We're gonna get canceled. Uh, I, I will say, as the uh, lesser half of Ingenious Perspective, no, not lesser. That, we don't uh, agree with that. That uh, Beyonce's performance was superior. Her. <laughs> Her musical range was unbounded. So right now, and right now, our podcast logo says "Ingenious Perspectives" with Lawrence and Dominic, and in like two weeks, it's gonna say "Ingenious Perspectives" with Lawrence McCarran. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He got erased. He, he got, got erased. erased. Yeah. He said, "What was that? The, the SNL sketch? <laughs> uh, the Bagency? Oh, the Bagency. Yeah. 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 Oh man, he said negative. No, the beehive is real. Like I, I literally saw someone's child get attacked by the beehive. Because no, you didn't. No, like the the uh, the video was uh, some kid was like watching some movie or something, and they said, "Hey, it's Beyonce," and the kid was like, "Who's Beyonce?" And the mom like cut the video. She's like, "Oh no, no, my baby. She's I'm sorry. She she knows Beyonce. She just she's just confused, like because she knew that the beehive was gonna come get her baby." Oh no. Yeah. She oh, didn't. No, it's too bad. The beehive it's is too bad. bad. They really don't want to hear my real opinions then. All yeah. right, cool, 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 yeah, cool, cool, cool. But the, the official uh, ingenious perspective line is that um, Beyonce is a musical genius and uh, that, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the uh, the movie? What movie? Obsessed? No, 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 the new one. Black is King? Oh, Black is King. Yeah, Black is King is a work of art that uh, is unparalleled by others. I didn't. I didn't watch Black is King. Um, yeah, so that's why I, I watched it. Uh, loved a lot of the stuff uh, in it. I probably won't watch it again because it's not something it has no rewatch value. We just we talked about yeah, this. Yeah, so rewatch like, yeah, rewatch value is super important. I think because yeah. um, when you watch something and it's it's amazing, right? Like Book of Eli. Book of Eli is a great movie. Okay. I won't watch it again because you know, I have some stuff in it I don't like to see in movies. But like also, it's just I saw it. You know, like. I saw it. Is have you seen Glass? Yes, I did see. Glass. Would you watch that again? Uh, no. No. So uh, in that whole trilogy, right? Unbreakable, Split, Glass. Would you watch? Would you rewatch any of those? Unbreakable. I think I have rewatched Unbreakable. Okay, but uh, not Split or Glass. Split, maybe. Because Glass is the last one, right? Yep, glass, glass is, is the, the last one. Where they come right, out, they everything, come the, the final conclusion. We put it all together. No, I think that's the weakest one. Okay. I enjoyed watching it. Don't right, right, no. Like, I, I like the you. story. I was like, oh, I was like, okay, this is the story. I like the storytelling, but like, there's not really scenes from it that go, oh, I want to go see those scenes again. Okay. You know, like, uh, what about, I mean, obviously you watch Alexander Hamilton a lot. Yes. Rewatch um, value. So... I love music mm-hmm. and I love theater. So to me, musical theater is probably the greatest gift that we could be given. So Alexander Hamilton is wonderful. Plus mm-hmm. it takes, so if you think about traditional musicals, yes. a traditional, uh, especially an operatic musical, the story is being told through the dance. Okay. All right. And that in, in very classic musicals, the story is told through the dance. So listening to soundtrack of the Nutcracker Ballet, you're not going to know the story unless you've seen the Nutcracker so much that you understand at which point these things are coming in. Hamilton takes that idea and reverses it where the dancing is additive to the story. But the story, if you listen to just if you just go on your phone on Spotify or whatever, iTunes and listen to just the Hamilton soundtrack, you will still know the entire story. Hmm. The music, the the dancing, the blocking that they add is just, it's added. It's not necessary. They could literally just stand on the stage in a line and sing that entire play, and you would still get the same story that you get with them dancing. I mean, obviously it's more exciting. But yeah, I mean, you, would, you would get the same as far as information, which is what they're trying to convey, um, which... Right, it's still not wholly historical, historically accurate like yeah, anything course. done by Hollywood. But 
um, the story is being told by the music as opposed to the dancing. And I, I love it. I love it. I so, think it's so wonderful. It's like, uh, so Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, don't come for Jean Valjean. Don't come for don't come for so Liam Neeson. You watched this. I, I watched Liam Neeson. I did not watch Hugh Jackman. Liam Neeson is Jean Valjean, not Hugh Jackman. Period. Done. Over. Liam Neeson. Yep. That's that. Yep. I guess I don't. Is this so? The new adaptation had new adaptation had Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And that was not good. I don't know if it wasn't good. You haven't watched it. I didn't watch it. Because I heard I've heard nothing but positive things about it. I'm sure it was absolutely wonderful. Hugh Jackman's a very talented actor. He's he a good singer. The cast they put in was very talented. Right. Um I'm sure it was absolutely wonderful. I just happened to be a fan of Liam Neeson and his version of Les Miserables. And it's kinda like when you your parents had a song that you know played back in the day, and one mm-hmm. of our new artists does a remix for it, and they're like, "Nah, that's not as good as the original." Well, I'm not even gonna listen to the remix. I like Liam Neeson. It's just for the Beehive. He's not referring to the Beyonce song. What Beyonce song? What did she remix? The cookout song. Oh, I don't, I don't really care. All right. I was thinking in my head, <laughs> in my head, the thing I was thinking about was if this world were mine, right, Luther did a version, oh, okay. right? And then John Legend did a version. Some of the people from Luther's period would say that John Legend's version was inferior, right? Some of us would say that John Legend's version was at least equal, right? See, right. I, I feel up. like in this but, conversation a musical ratchet because I, the thing I think about this was uh, the Crime Mob song, Nuck If You Buck. Okay. And then there's the, another song, a new song, that okay. they use the sound, they use the, the they sample Nuck If You Buck okay. at the beginning and it's a whole different song. Okay, but sampling, I wouldn't I wouldn't count sampling with that. I but would you know, so when it comes on, and this is what the thing, so when it comes on, you know, Nuck if you but the the intro music starts playing and you expect I'm gonna get so you know okay. you, you expect your thing to come in because sure. that's our generation and I'm, I'm ready. Sure, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Nuck if you buck, but yeah, just, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then but for this other one it plays the same the same exact intro mm-hmm. but then a different song plays, so it's just you're like, oh, it's our thing, and it, but it's not. Oh, so it's like when you're trying to figure out if it's going to be under pressure or ice, ice baby, and like you get yourself built up. Yes. For one, and it's, just, and it's the other. And I always wanted to be under pressure. Always, a hundred percent of the time. That's the right answer. Ice. Hundred percent of the time, I wanted to be under pressure. Vanilla ice is a. <laughs> No, no, no. See, my went dun, 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 and theirs just went <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like it's not the, it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Okay, bro. Vanilla right. Ice. <laughs> he, he's a part of the. He uh, should have been forgotten. Oh, man. Well, I don't. Can we say. Mm, didn't Vanilla Ice do the Go Ninja Go? Or was that K Rock? That was Vanilla Ice, right? Go Ninja Go Ninja Go from the Ninja Turtles movie? First Tell of me. All, no. First off. Both of those things can be forgotten. Um, Go Ninja Go Ninja Go is wonderful. So it's. So stop. Stop. I was just. I'm just saying. Just like, no, nah, you can just stop. It's cool. It's by Vanilla Ice. I knew it wasn't crazy. Go Ninja Go is by Vanilla Ice. It's still like, from the Ninja Turtle soundtrack. You don't remember? Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, Go Ninja, I, Go Ninja, <laughs> Go. Like, come on, man. You know what I mean? mean? But this is what whatever, is this man. the Ninja Turtles. You, you're talking about old school Ninja Turtles, right? Right. The little clay faces. It was the clay. It looked like clay. To me. I don't know what. It was trash. That's why I can tell you that. It's it trash. Can be forgotten. It was. A, it was a great movie, but I mean the animation they had budget was clearly trash yeah it's garbage it, plus i mean plus it was like 20 years ago so they didn't you know they didn't know what they were doing yeah they should have waited yeah and we needed spawn to happen when it did they did wait and they made a new one and i liked the new one i did not like megan fox in it but I you know because with megan fox they hit gold when they did her in transformers and then they tried I, to read i think she's a great formula. actress like don't i i want to I want to make sure I clarify, Megan Fox, and maybe not great. I shouldn't say great. I use that word a lot. It's probably overselling it. She's a good actress, yeah. right? She's a, she's better than me, right? She'll, she'd do a better job in Hollywood than I would. Yeah. Um, But I don't think her presence in Ninja Turtles was, I don't know, necessary. I think they could have gone with, I think April's role should have been um, for cast for a slightly better actress right someone who sold the role of april o'neill a little bit better and i just don't think megan fox did that so she didn't ruin the movie she didn't beyonce it 
but she <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> what, it, come on what, man what how you gonna mean? how you gonna put Beyonce alright hold on you saying she ruined Lion King she didn't because they didn't give her more lines, which was my biggest fear that they were going to try to make Nala, Nala's role Nala more only important. Had like six lines. Exactly, that's my that's my point. Okay. In the original Lion King, Nala didn't have that many lines. She is central, yes, because of where she shows up, not because of how much she says. Yeah. Okay. Pinned again. Right. It's like the major right. part. She's got she's got her central lines, right? We got that callback when she says pinned again. Yeah. When she says pinja, right? And and he's like, oh snap. That's her. Yeah. She kicked my butt again. I remember. And you got the callback when she says, I laugh well, in the face a- of danger to what he said when they were talking about going to Elephant Graveyard. I'm with it. I'm with it. But I was worried that because it's Beyonce, they were going to add more to the part than already existed in order to give her more shine. And they didn't. So I'm cool. We're good. We're I feel good. like they did that with Zazu. With Zazu, you think they gave him more than he originally yeah, had? I felt I'm that. I'm trying way. to think I'm back. I'm not sure if it's true, though. I'm trying to think. I can't. I'm not seeing in my head where he was larger than he was in the original animated version. But I, I could just be forgetting it because I was so focused on making sure Nala didn't have more lines. Don't you, say anything else don't you talk. <laughs> <laughs> you there? don't need to talk. <laughs> what about uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover? Was this what about performance him? a symbol? Was it where, where it needed to be? I mean, can he do wrong? He cannot. Okay. All right. Book. So we're good. We're the, all right, I guess that discussion's over. Like, I'm okay. saying, I've rewatched the community for the third time. I haven't watched it three times. I only watched it once. Rewatch value. Okay. Yeah. Community, community's good though. Community also, is good. All his music videos that he's put out, I probably watched them about three times. Each. Hmm. Hmm. He's artistic. I don't, I don't really watch music videos, but I have watched the "This Is America" video, oh, and yeah. I think you showed me the one he did, the cartoon one. What does it? What song was that from? Uh, that is feels like summer. Okay, yeah, summer. you show me, you show me that one. Yeah, it feels like summer. You know, unique vibe. Like there's not a lot of music videos out there like that. Yeah, it was. Like I mean, it was pretty cool, but we don't the gorillas do all cartoon music videos. Yeah, yeah, it was different because it's hip hop and you know, this child's gonna be you no. Know, so. I mean, I'm not taking away from them. I'm not trying to take away from them at all. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying it's not. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's you know, not we'll like, stop. Yeah, we'll I mean, stop. It's not gonna say revolutionary. I mean, it's like cool. That. It's good. He's he's good. It's good. I don't, now I feel like I'm coming off like somebody who just hates everybody, and that's not true. I think Childish Gambino is wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if a artist was to say they were a musical genius and or a voice of a generation, I'd more hear it from Childish Gambino than I'd hear it from another artist. That Can you say he's like a voice that. of a generation yet? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that he can say he's the voice of a generation yet. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Give not me, not give to me, give me another album. Not to say he doesn't have potential, right? And not to say it's it's only because, and I only say it because of how long he's been putting music out. That is the only reason. Yeah, not that that, that is literally the only reason. Yeah, second album, right? I want to say. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, think the same. I think it's the same yeah. Album. That's that's really the only reason I'm saying. Not because of the quality of of music or the quality of his body of work. That l- literally only reason is amount of work. So that's you're saying it. Drake is the Drake is nothing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying to you. Drake is nothing. Yeah. So as Drake a, is nothing. Point, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, in genius uh, perspectives, uh, legal position is that Drake is the voice of a generation. As well as Beyonce is a musical genius. The legal position, <laughs> the legal position of ingenious perspectives to quote Lonnie Rashid Lynn Jr., aka Common Sense, aka Common, is he ain't wetting nobody, homie. He Canada dry. <laughs> That's a good place to, to wrap things up for our wild around the world uh episode again we're, this is a last episode of the, the institutions um segment we just want to finish up with something a little light uh so we're going to do another round of institution discussions um should be special in in nature i'll let down describe a little bit of that yeah the the next round of discussion about institutions right one of the things we've mentioned before is that no matter how much we research there's a limit to the amount of information we could obtain. Some stuff is just, you have to be in it and you have to have experienced it. So we wanna bring you um, seasoned professionals who work in the various institutions that we've discussed 
to get their perspective on how those institutions can strengthen our push for quality. So the next round of um, episodes about institutions is going to feature various professionals in those areas to help us discuss, um, poke holes maybe in some of the things we say, maybe agree with some of the things we say. We don't honestly, we don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens yeah. when they get here. Yeah. So this has been a genius perspectives. Uh, I hope today you will broaden your perspective a smidge about the performance history of Beyonce and or Drake. And uh, yo, you're gonna keep going back to that. <laughs> I'll just the Beehive is gonna, is gonna do what they do. We don't we don't have a genius perspectives does not have a unified opinion on Drake and Aubrey. All right, let's let's Aubrey. We don't have a unified position on Aubrey Graham. <laughs> Aubrey coming for you. Oh, Aubrey coming for you. What? Aubrey? Aubrey coming for me? What she want? What does she want? So much hate. So much hate. (laughs) Thanks for listening.